T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You want to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. You guys are sick. I'll tell you what. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead. One of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. Shane. Wake up. Spigs is here. Come on, we got to have a look. Yeah, Spigs is here. It's a special occasion. Tanny, we got to have another little taste because Spigs is here. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Celebration, good. coach. That happens once a month. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's a good that's point. Right. Oh, miss something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past 12, but I don't care. It's five o'clock somewhere. Dave Wanstead with us Thursday at 4 o'clock. You got something poured, Coach? You know what? I do. I'm uh, I'm sipping a – it is 5 o'clock where I'm at, by the way, and I'm sipping a little Iron City Light. Oh, All right. That's nice. All right, well, so, we, we, we went with uh, Lucky 7 Workhorse. This stuff's not even out yet, Ooh. Coach. They are, you know, we if, if you take care of us, we take care of you. And these uh, fine folks over at Lucky 7 have signed on to sponsor Shane's Bourbon and a Buddy podcast. So, uh, Lucky 7 Workhorse, thank you. This is their daily drinker. It's not even out yet, but we're going to be uh, sipping it with you today. Well, I'll be flying in, uh, oh, I don't know. I'll be there, let me think, I think next week. And when I get there, I look forward to uh, sampling a little bit at myself. Absolutely. Yeah, that next week. Fantastic. Next thank week. You. Absolutely. Next week will probably be a special occasion because I'll be here. You know what I mean? So it's like. Wait, am I going to be there next week? I hope so. We always hope so. We miss your scent when you're not here. Are are you you doing something? No, I'm I'm definitely not going to be there next week. I'm just thinking it through now. No, I'm I'm, I'm in Naples right now. I played in the the championship. You know, the senior uh, tour here is down in Naples, and I played today in the Pro Am. Had a great time. Saw a lot of the guys that I. New from Oklahoma State, uh, Scotty Verplank, Bobby Tway, some of the guys that were golfing when I was coaching there. Wow. Uh, Who'd you play with? I, I played with Marco Dawson, uh, and uh, he's he was roommates, actually, and went to college with uh, Rocco Media, who uh, 
is sure. a Pittsburgh guy. So I saw Rocco. We had a cigar together. It's a great day. Unbelievable. Great day. Coach is just name dropping like three <laughs> very well known professional golfers of, uh, of of my my earlier times. Rocco his... Mediate. I mean the the uh, 2008 U.S. Open with Tiger. One of the most <laughs> incredible uh, golf tournaments I've ever seen. I walked up to him and, and he came down. He was on the tee box. He came down. I was like about two holes behind him. And he walked up. He says, Coach, how are Yins doing? Hey. The Pittsburgh Yins. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, Rocco. Yeah. No. So it was uh, it was fantastic day. And uh, so now it's so. But next Thursday, no, I, 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 I won't be in town next Thursday. But then, <laughs> then the following week, I'll be there for a month all the way up through uh, I think until April. Maybe. We're so sorry. You're going to have to slum it with us here in Chicago year round. And you can't stay at the compound uh, yeah. down there in Naples. But how, how did the uh, the Super Bowl gig go that we got you? We haven't been paid our finders fee. That's okay. But how, did, how did it go? You, you know what? The people were fantastic. Uh, really. I mean, I, uh, uh, we had a lot of fun. There was a house full. Now, there was some serious food. Okay. I mean, it, uh, there, were, there was probably food for... 50 and there were 30 people or so there maybe 40 watched the game you know gave them a little bit of uh trivia a little super bowl trivia i i think most people were excited about the eagles because i was and uh, i told everybody that's where my money was bet Mm. uh then we talked a little bit of halftime and then uh it it was great though just a fantastic day really was tony and uh, his whole family his wife i mean friends there were people there that that knew my daughters like from high school People that uh, knew some guys that I had played with at Pitt, so there was, you know, we tied a uh, lot of lot of connections there. Absolutely, that's awesome. Uh, Coach Wanstead making an appearance at a home. Should, I, I would like to think Tony might call in today and just talk about it. We'll see. Uh, that's yeah. great. That's great. Maybe he will. So when we go somewhere, the most common question we get, Coach, it used to be, "Do you know Mike North?" And now the question is. Is Dan Bernstein really as much of a jackass as he seems to be? And of course, that answer is no. I, I say no. I but say mo- no. As most well. people say yes. No, I, I say no as well. What's the most common question you get? What is the football question that you get about who from uh, the most uh, number of people usually, there's, Coach? There's no question. Is Justin Fields going to be our quarterback to get us to the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I think that people. Uh, the total focus in Chicago, even though we've got the draft and we've got money and we have needs at every position, I think the biggest question I get, number one, would be about Justin Fields. And, Coach, what do you think? Can this guy get us to the Super Bowl? And you know what's become a hot topic? It's What's the word? Trending? It's trending right now in my mind. Yeah. Uh, is the stadium talk. You know, the whole stadium talk. I think people are really uh, – I think they're excited about moving, but I think they it really hasn't sunk in yet as far as wow, there won't you know the Bears won't be playing in Soldier Field in downtown Chicago. That's that's become a big one for people even down here in Florida. They say the Bears moving, they're really moving. So that's a I think nationally people were that's caught people's attention. We actually have the review. Uh, from it was Tony, right? He he contacted us. To, he, was, he was so happy that uh, that you came. 
Shane, you spoke with them. What, what was the review? Because this was a this was a paid gig. Wani wanted a Super Bowl gig, and a member of the mob uh, invited Dave to his Super Bowl party <laughs> to to speak and tell stories and do the whole thing. We were the middlemen, and again, no finders fee. Uh, but uh, but what do we got, Shane? All right. So this is what Tony said. Man, that Wani's amazing. You'd have thought he knew all the dads for years. Awesome stories. Great with everyone, even my annoying nine year old son and his friends. Could not have been happier. He's going to tell you guys that should pop in studio for a short segment. Those were his parting words. As I walked into the car. I told him, ah, I just listen and call in once in a while. And he said he was going to talk to you and Tanny. He's so wanny. He told me he'd be there between 4 and 4.30. So I knew that meant 4. And sure enough, 4 p.m., the bell rings. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I think I did invite Tony on. I said, come on downtown. We'll bring you in there and you can sit in there and talk with Shane and Tanny. Absolutely. Uh, what was your Super Bowl trivia question? Oh, I, I just, you know, what city is, uh, I'll ask you guys, what city has had, hosted the most Super Bowls? Miami. You're correct. How many did they host? Who was God. second? Who was second? New Orleans. You're correct. 11 Miami and 10 in New Orleans. Come on, coach. Uh, Come on. No, that, that was good. I'm, I'm trying, I had about six of them. I'm trying to think. Uh, I had a, I had a, I had Tony get a whiteboard and had markers. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I was red, but that didn't, I couldn't quite. No one really bit into I says, is anybody interested in talking about this quarterback run pass option and the whole thing? I was already in my mind to start talking ball and everybody, you know, this eh, never really bit into that. They know? wanted the stories. Oh, they, wanted, they wanted the juicy details. That's too bad. They missed out, coach. We love when you get the whiteboard going and you start diagramming <laughs> stuff. Well, I just think that, you know, that what Philadelphia does with Jalen Hurts is really kind of what the Bears are doing a form of. So I thought that that would be interesting. But, uh, no, it was great. Good good people, a lot of fun. Um, perfect. That, that's awesome. So you know, we talked a bunch about that on Monday and a little bit on Tuesday, I think. What Jalen Hurts is doing and what Jalen Hurts did, it's kind of a victory for the running quarterback as a thing, isn't it? I mean, like, Jalen Hurts was the offense. I know they've got great talent and, and they have great offensive linemen, but as much as he ran it and as much as he threw it and as accurately as he did, doesn't that show that, you know, uh, Kaepernick didn't get it done, uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten it done, Mike Vick didn't get it done, but Jalen Hurts played well enough to win a Super Bowl. Doesn't it show that the Bears could with Justin Fields in terms of actually getting to and winning a Super Bowl. Absolutely. I, in fact, it, it, that's a good way to put it. it. It was kind of a victory for Bear fans because I was real curious. I think I might have said this. I says before the game we were talking, I said, you know, this is an important game in my mind, at least from a Bears perspective. Because if they go out there and, and Jalen Hurts, Hurts falls flat on his face, uh, that's that's going to be a real buzzkill for Bears fans. I mean, can, you know, the first true, in my mind, he's the first true dual-threat quarterback. And why do I say that? The guy scored 39 touchdowns this year, and I think 15 of them were runs, okay, 14 of them were passes. So he's a true, true dual-threat. And uh, it sh- you can score 35 points in the Super Bowl. Your offense has no problems. That, that was on the Philadelphia defense and I guarantee you, at halftime, they went in there. They're down by ten. I could just hear, I could just hear their defensive coach. I, I, I forget his name now. Uh, Spagnolo. You know, no, no, the defensive coach of Philadelphia. Gannon. He, oh, Gannon. G- Gannon goes in there and he says, "Well, I'll tell you what. 
They're going to come out, and, and Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball 40 times this half. So you guys are the best pass rushers in the league. Let's rush the passer. Let's do this. And what does Andy Reid do? He comes out, and he hands the ball off to Pacheco and starts hitting him right in the mouth with the run game. Mm. And, that, and that Philadelphia Eagle defense got on their heels, and they weren't sure what to do. The defensive coordinator, in my mind, wasn't sure what to do. And it was a great halftime adjustment by Andy Reid and his staff. They outcoached those guys in the second half. And the defense, no passes defended, no, no, uh, def- no sacks, one tackle for loss. The Philadelphia D, I'm talking about the whole game, guys. Uh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl when your defense doesn't make more plays than that. Well, I know you had your money on the Eagles. You also had that bottle of wine on the Eagles, Coach. Uh, I know. You know. I got you, Coach. I got you, Coach. I know you do. I know. I, I'll, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, you, te- yeah. you texted me about an hour afterwards. Yeah, I, I, t- I told you. I told you Chiefs and over. But I, but I, <laughs> I, I, I do think it was interesting, though, Dave, like seriously, because, uh, yeah, because I was right for sure, but also because like the Eagles' defense put up these unbelievable numbers this year, right? Like historic yep. pass rush and all of this stuff. But then you looked at it, and you saw who they played, and when they played good offenses or good quarterbacks, I mean, they gave up 35 to the Lions in the opener. They played the Cowboys twice. Only one time Dak was there. When Dak was there, they scored 40. When they played the Packers, and it was Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, they gave up 33. Then every other game, they're playing bad teams, bad quarterbacks, including the playoffs, because Brock Purdy got got hurt and Josh Johnson was terrible. So, like... What do you do with that? Like, were the Eagles a great defense, or were they a good defense that didn't really play anybody? Well, they they were uh, better than a good defense. Okay, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess by some of the numbers, you got to say they were close to being a great defense. But I tell you what, what what the best thing, something that helps defenses more than anything, guys, it's having an offense that runs the ball and holds the football 30-plus minutes a game. And, and you know what I mean? And that defense is playing probably 10 plays less than most teams. They're rested a lot more than most teams. Uh, that is really and, – and they're not taking sacks, which means they're not, you know, losing yards. Jalen Hurts was one of the best in the NFL. The turnover margin for the Philadelphia Eagles, they were top five. They did not turn the football over. So they did everything that gives your defense a chance to be better than good and, and have a chance to be great. And that's what happened this, this year. No so, question about so it. So what surprised you more? That the number one pass rush in the league got zero sacks, which was certainly impacted by the slippery field conditions, or the fact that the number one rushing team in the league got outrushed by the Chiefs, which was more surprising? I think the more surprising to me was probably the uh, the pressure on the quarterback. I, I thought that they would get more pressure on on Patrick. I mean, you got to give, and, and and you know the the other thing too. Everybody thinks that these NFL players, oh, bowling board material doesn't mean anything, and these guys don't. That doesn't motivate these guys. They're men. I mean, I've heard all that crap. Hmm. But l- let me tell you something. The two things that motivate professional players, in my opinion, number one, money, and number two, peer pressure. And when that Eagle defense, the more that they talked about their statistics and the best of this and the best of that, I promise you that I would that Kansas City offensive line with my man Andy Heck, former Notre Damer, former Bear guy, was you know I, I he was the first guy I ever traded for really in, in in free agency when I 
became the Bears head coach. You know, Andy's their offensive line coach, and uh, he did a fabulous job with those guys, and they and they were ready for the fight. They truly were. I thought they did a great job. Coach, um, I, I've been holding on to this thought since Monday, and I think this is a good time to ask. Um, how does a guy like Isaiah Pacheco last mm-hmm. to round seven? He runs with an explosive energy that is so obviously impactful and electric, like the crackling physicality. You know what it looks like when you see it in a running back, yep. whether it's Marshawn Lynch or whether it was the late Marion Barber in his early days. And I know he's not as big as those guys, but he just runs so freaking hard and strong. And by the way, at the combine, he ran a 4-3-7-40. And, and I've looked back on the scouting profile, and we can but my God, the impact that that guy had. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their number one pick out of LSU, was healthy and available, and they didn't even bother. They didn't even bother because it's so obvious that when they established the run in the second half, like you said, Pacheco's physicality and the way that he runs is so incredibly impactful. How does a guy like that last through to the seventh round past where the Bears took Treston Ebner in the fifth? Well, size has something to do with it. You know, I mean, I looked him up, and, and I don't have it in front of me now, but I don't know if the guy's even 5'10", is he? I mean, his, his height, he, you know, he might be one of those 5'9", 5'10", guys. 5'10". Yeah, 5'10". And, mm-hmm. and I, don't, I don't think he's a guy that can make you miss. And everybody in the NFL You're right. is looking for, for guys, BYOB, be your own blocker. In other words, there's going to be somebody in the hole free, and you're going to have to make this guy miss. That's what they. That's what all. That I, I've heard. I've, I've used that with Deshaun McCoy and Deion Lewis and and some of the running backs that I've had. You know, you got to be your own blocker, meaning you're going to have to make somebody miss and get it out of the way because no one. That guy's going to be there. Uh, he's a little bit of a straight line, but boy, his energy and enthusiasm and toughness. Um, you know, second to none, second to none. And I and we talked about that. I think on the show, he was one of my guys when I went on the betting show. Uh, you know, that, that Mitch set me up on, uh, with the, you know. Uh, on BetQL. Yeah, with, with Nick Costos. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with Nick and Kenny, I was talking to those guys, and they said, give me two uh, prop bets. And I said, I'll take Pacheco. And I says, what's the yards? And I think they said 39 yards or 40 yards. I says, I'd take Pacheco, and I would take uh, Goddard, the tight end for the Eagles. I hmm. said, you watch what happens. They're going to have to get him the ball. And I think his number might was around 50 yards, too. Yeah, you and, went two and, for two. And, and both of those guys hit, but I just had a feeling now if Andy gave Pacheco the ball that he was gonna the Eagles wouldn't be ready for that men- mentally. And again, give Andy Reid credit, great job of making the adjustment and coming out the second half. When you're down by ten, let me tell you this from a head coach: when you are down by ten, it is very difficult for an offensive-minded head coach like Andy is to walk out of that locker room and tell the guys, guys, we're going to go out there and we are going to run the football at them. I mean, you know, most offensive guys, they if they aren't leading by 10, they want to come out and throw it. Hmm. And so, you know, that's uh, that really separated Andy, in my mind, from a lot of these other, quote, offensive genius guys. Yeah, it's interesting. Andy, who used to be so run-averse, legendarily so, used it in the Super Bowl. Looking back on some of the weaknesses of Pacheco, 
running style lacks rhythm and cohesion. This is him as a draft prospect. Hurried nature creates impatience in allowing for block development. Struggles to hit points of entry with proper timing. So it's interesting because because the, the the positives are that you could see the urgency and the rapid fire feet and and the physicality. But uh, running backs are tricky, uh, aren't they, Coach? That that probably tells you that Pacheco is not going to be a zone runner. You know, by a zone runner, the running back kind of rolls out of there and the offensive line starts pushing and that thing could hit. The the soft spot could be over the tackle. It could be over the guard. It could be backside behind that center. And the back needs to see this as he's running. That's not Pacheco's style. That's what that report's telling me right there, Mm. uh, Spigs. It tells me that he's a downhill runner. He's he's Greg Schiano, eye formation. And let's just see if we can, you know, Come downhill as hard as we can. That's what Pacheco is. Well, maybe I should give Ryan Poles a break then, right? Because that's knowing what kind of offense they were thinking about running. He does not fit the scheme of what the Bears. Well, look at our two backs right now. Compare compare Montgomery and Herbert, our two running backs at the Bears. Yep. Herbert fits into the Pacheco thing in my mind. He's a little bit more of the straight line downhill guy. Hmm. Well, Montgomery's all belly, all cutback, all. You know, that type. So they're, they're, you can see the difference in their styles if you watch them play. Well, do you think the Bears are going to upgrade? It's a, it's a good year for it. There's a lot of good guys in the draft and free agency. Do you think they'll re-sign Montgomery or look to upgrade at that position? You know what? That That's a tough one. I mean, everybody says running backs. You know, you can – depends on what Montgomery's asking. That, that's the only way I could sum that up. If he's, if he's asking for astronomical money and he's got other offers, then, then you let him go. But if it's close – and he's he's in the ballpark, as we say, then I would sign him back because he's the type of kid you want on your team. He's a winner. He makes a lot of yards after contact. And, and you don't need – and this offense that the Bears are going to run, just like Philadelphia, I don't think they got a great back. You know, Miles Sanders for the Eagles is a heck of a back. I mean, I followed him, you know, when I do those Big Ten shows, Penn State kid. He's a good back, and Scott's a good back, and Gainwell, the, the third-team running back, has got an explosion. They've got three really good backs, but I don't know. Is Miles Sanders better than David Montgomery? I don't think so. They're no. different, st- different styles, but that's what you're talking about. My point is, in this offense, David Montgomery, he can be highly, highly productive, as he's been, as he has been. We'll do another segment with some NFL storylines with Dave Wanstead ahead of Speaks' debut of his 30 favorite baseball players of his 30 years in Chicago. Another segment with Wani next on The Score. Dave Wanstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Hanging out with Dave Wanstead, having a cocktail on a Thursday. We'll get Speaks's uh, 30th favorite baseball player of the last 30 years, 30 shows until opening day. He's been in Chicago for 30 baseball seasons, so we were like 30, 30, 30. I mean, has anyone ever done 30 for 30 before? I don't think so. I don't think so, but it's the extra 30 that sets it apart, that's, don't you think? That's what makes us unique. Um All right, Dave. Uh Hey, hey Danny, yeah. Speaks, you got uh, Willie Stargell in that group? Oh, you know what? It, it's only Chicago. Last and it's 30 the last years. 30 years. So that's a double no, unfortunately. But I loved Willie Stargell. And if you want to talk 
about the 1979 We Are Family Pirates. We could go a long way with Kent DeColvey and Manny Sanguian. And oh. let me know if you guys do want to talk about it so I can take the segment off. How about Omar Moreno? How about Omar Moreno in center field? You know, like, yeah, we got, we got a lot we could talk about, Coach. I'm ready. Uh, okay, go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I was totally willing to take a segment off. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was ready to go. Uh, what? Hey, I, you know where our boss is at today? Somewhere it, on a beautiful he's in, vacation. He's in Arizona, right? He's not paying attention. It, it, to go us. ahead. I just he just sent me a picture. He's listening to you guys, by the way, just so you know. Uh-oh. Go and, back to and, vacation, and, Mitch. He, he, he says you're doing great, but he is on a golf course because he heard me say I played golf, so he wow. is on a golf course. Oh, wow, Mitchie Poo. Yeah. So we we got some. Uh, we, we that'll be good. I have to catch up with that story. Meanwhile, I. I'm going to be at a golf simulator on Sunday because I missed so much. So I'm going to be hitting balls into a screen to simulate the life that you guys lead. It's it's depressing. Uh, oh, all right. All right. Boy, let's talk. You. It's yeah, very know, hard. Right? Let's let's talk some ball. Come on, it's here very... we go. What, go all ahead, right. Danny. So my my question is: Cole uh, Cole Tire, the offensive coordinator, Eagles uh, of the Eagles, Shane Steichen, their defensive coordinator, Gannon takes the job with uh, Arizona and calls Kyler Murray elite, which is kind of hilarious, probably would say anything, uh, to to get the job. Do you look at it that way? Like, some coaches, it feels like they can be selective in the jobs they take. Some coaches have to kind of take any job that is offered to them while their stock is high. Like, is that a fair read, these guys saying our stock's never going to be higher, so I'll go work for Jim Ursay and uh, sign myself up for Kyler Murray? 100%. In the coaching profession, when you're hot, you're hot. That's an expression. And I have told a lot of young guys that had played for me and came up through the ranks and coach, I don't know, I'm real comfortable here. And, but when, you know, and then two years later, they have, you know, two average years in a row, and then they get fired. So I both these guys had to take these jobs. Now, whether they're ready or not, I have no idea. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of experience there. They both have done a great job uh, in Philadelphia, fantastic job. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's the movement. The young, you know, it used to be these owners wouldn't even talk to you unless you were a coordinator on a team that uh, and had a little bit more history. You know, had been to the playoffs like these guys have been, Super Bowl, and the owner can sit there and at least in a GM and evaluate your decision-making your game plans on and on before they would interview you. So it's changed a little bit. I get that. You know, there were five openings this year in the NFL, just to give our, our listeners, uh, you know, the, the average interview this year. Last year, I think there were eight last year, and the average interviews was around eight. In other words, eight candidates for each job. This year, each job that was open, they talked to 12 people. It's the most that they have ever uh, number-wise, as far as interviewing people, uh, trying to make a decision. So you could say that's good. They took their time this year. There was not that knee-jerk reaction of hiring, you know, four coaches right off the bat. Uh, the other thing is that uh, three of these coaches were offense and two of them were defense, where I think a year ago it was... Seven of eight, right? Se- se- seven of eight were offense or something like that. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, there are a couple more defensive coaches got hired this year. The, the owners have spent more time with the interview process. So, they, you know, they, you, you like the guy? We said that in a draft room. Our first draft, we're sitting there, 
and uh, one of the best scouts that ever coached. In fact, he, his name was Walt Jaworski. His son is is a personnel guy now in the NFL. I, I don't know if he's with, with Dallas or wherever, but Walt Jaworski was one of our top scouts at Dallas. He was, as a coach in the NFL, he may to this day have been the only coach that was an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator in mm. the NFL. Okay, so on both sides of the ball. And now he's a scout, and we're in there, and we're Jimmy's going back and forth, and we're, you know, I don't know. Jimmy says, well, I kind of like this guy. And then somebody would say, well, I don't know. Is he tough enough? And somebody would say, is he fast enough? And finally, Walt stood up and said, Coach, no disrespect. If you like the damn guy, just hire him and let's get on with it. So that's how I look at these, you know, the guys at the Eagles, if you, these owners. If you like them, hire them and, and let's move on. Let's go. Hey, Coach, I don't, I don't know. Um, I've certainly never asked you. I'm not sure if you've been asked on the score of this before. When you took over as a head coach, as a former defensive coordinator in Dallas. Yep. Um, depending on how much control you took then of the offense, if you were the guy now to take over, like you're Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, or you're a defensive coordinator, you're Matt Eberflus in Chicago, how much control would you take over now of the offense as opposed to the way you did it the first time around? I, I wouldn't do anything different. All I wanted to know was I wanted to be able to see this guy's offense and evaluate him and know that he was a guy that didn't tell me he liked to run the ball, but he would actually do it. <laughs> that, that, that was a priority, number one. And then once I knew that about him, and it was Ron Turner, for example, we were together at USC, and then, and then I had followed Ron's career all along. So I, I knew Ron, Norv, you know, we come from the, we come from the same background. We're going to run the ball, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I'd sit down with Ron and we had some philosophy talks on, on, on just how he put the game plan together and the, how much run we were going to do in practice, how much passing game we were going to do in practice, on and on and on. But I knew I wouldn't even talk to a guy if I had a if I was trying to figure out if this guy really believed in the run. And I said this on your show. Bill Parcell said that to me in the tunnel up at, at Indianapolis at the Combine. He said, before you hire an offensive guy, they're going to all tell you they want to run the ball, Dave. Don't believe that crap. 90% of them either don't want to or they don't understand it. And and I've, I've, I've lived by that. I really have. There's, there's so much truth to that. Last thing very quickly. What do your coaching friends tell you about why Eric Bieniemy can't get a gig? I don't know. He's had a lot. I'll tell you, he's, he's had a lot of interviews, you know, and – so you'd have to talk to an owner. I, 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 I don't know, but he's had a lot of interviews. Um, you know, Matt Nagy got a head coaching job being a coordinator at Kansas City for six weeks. Uh, right. You know, so Eric's the enemies, at least well, everybody knows in Kansas City that Andy Reid makes majority of the calls. Let's let's be real. OK, but but he did when Matt Nagy was there, too. And Matt got a job. Uh, right. And it, it failed with Nagy and it worked with Peterson. You know, so yeah, some, yeah, some of them so, work and some of them don't. I think it's, you know, so much has to do with the interview. You know, I mean, uh, you sit down with these people and you, you, it's, you know, you got to sell yourself. You, you got to be convincing. And uh, so it has to do, it has to be something with the interview. That's the only thing that I can come up with without really knowing any inside information. 
Dave, good stuff. We know you won't be here next week. You made that abundantly clear. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't even know where I'm going to be. I got to look at my calendar. When we hang up, and I know I'm. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm on the move somewhere. I know that. Not so, here. We'll- and then we will see you in studio in two weeks. But you'll be on the show. Uh, I, I, I love the sponsor. Give me, give me that. Give me our sponsor again today. That, they, that well, brought the bourbon in the bourbon, the bourbon. Yeah, sponsor. no, I know what you're talking about. Lucky Seven Workhorse. Lucky uh, Seven Workhorse. I'm on it. It just okay. Lucky Seven Workhorse is the the bourbon that we drank today. It's the one. It's the, okay. the, the right. right. I'm sorry. Lucky We're drinking. Se- yeah, Lucky Seven is the bourbon. I'm on it. See ya. All right. Talk Thanks, Coach. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven. <laughs> How about that for extra added value, Shane? For your uh, for your podcast, yeah, I think the partner. folks over there are going to be pretty psyched. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go, good start. But see, that's the thing: you scratch our back, we scratch yours. Someone exactly. comes on and sponsors Shane's podcast. You think they're not? Uh, don't be, you know, don't be foolish. You're going to get a little love here yeah, on, on the course. main show. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that we do on this show that to me seem to be a natural for sponsorship. Whether it is the three o'clock segment every day, it would help if we could name it. Yes, well, you know, Shane and. And, and Chris, Chris look into the draft. Take a deep dive into the Take draft. Take a deep dive into the draft. Yeah. Not too wordy. Oh, no. Or this next <laughs> one coming by. up. Right. This next one coming up speaks 30 favorite ball players of the last 30 years. Brought to you by Social Furniture. <laughs> Skibbity Boppity. You deal. know what? I'm going to call Skibbity Boppity and see what he thinks. You want to pay for it? You can name it. Name it <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a good idea. That's a great one. Uh, yes. So Speaks has been in Chicago for 30 baseball seasons. We've got 30 shows until opening day. Technically 29 because of President's Day, but we didn't think about that before today. We apologize. You don't have to say we. Hand up. It's on me. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, but So coming up next, Speaks' 30th favorite ball player of the last 30 years in Chicago. Next on the score. He's got a chance. Go! We're counting down the days to opening day. Happy opening day. By celebrating some of Chicago baseball's all-time greats. There go number 400. But Big Frank, you can't put it on the board. Yes! Here comes the hook. Got it! 20 strikeouts! It's Matt Spiegel's top 30 favorite Chicago baseball players of the last 30 years. Matt Spiegel is one of the great baseball people, and not only in this town, but across the country. From Abreu. Sox win! Sox win! On a grand slam by Jose Abreu. To Big Z. Carlos Abrado has no hit! The Houston Astros! Matt Spiegel counts us down to opening day. Wow, is that huge! Matt Spiegel's 30 players for 30 years. That's how you do it. On the Parkins and Spiegel Show on 670 The Score. It's very exciting, my friends. You've been around for a lot of time. (laughs) Kind of old. It's the nicest way to say old that you've had in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, man, 30 baseball seasons. This came up when Jose Abreu left town. And I told you where he ranked as I did my top 30, and I realized that could be some fun. So let's have some fun. Yeah, and so we figured, okay, post-Super Bowl, pre-baseball, what's a way to uh, kind of build up to baseball season? You've been in town for 30 baseball seasons. Mm-hmm. There's 30 shows until the opener. See that? 30 players. See that? All right. So we got our number 30 list right here. These are my favorite. Not necessarily the best, but there's a grading scale, which I'll get to at the end. Number 30 on the list of my favorite baseball players the last 30 years in Chicago is Alfonso Soriano. 
A man forever cursed by the largesse of the contract he signed with the Cubs, for which you can, of course, not blame him one little bit. The whole town wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Hell, I was so excited when they signed him. Weren't you? Oh, my God. It was the biggest contract in franchise history. Uh-huh. I was so excited Lynn, that they got that guy. Lynn Bramer wrote a song trying to court him, and I sang it at the time for WXRT. Soriano, little eagles. Why don't you go play in center? You were a strong contender for the Yankees. All right, I'll spare you the rest of that, okay? No, whatever you want. It's your, it's your, it's your baby. He's he was thirty years old. Are there songs for all thirty? No. Okay. Five-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. The converted second baseman is ready to take over in center field. Coming off a 40-40-40 season with the doubles and the homers and the steals. Jim Hendry rolled out his own barrel, put his feet up on it, and overpaid him. Eight years, $136 million. Yeah. But those first two years, man, he wasn't like the incandescent superstar fans expected, but he was really damn good. I remember he started crazy slow right he didn't he didn't hit a home run in april like the weight of the contract people were talking about that as a a huge deal but then like may and certainly june i remember like june and july of that year i feel like he was very very good made the all-star team his first year ops of 897 in 2007 a war of 6.7 ops of 876 in 2008 a war of 3.9 both both playoff seasons both all-star seasons, and if, if the Cubs had won, obviously, one of the long-sought title, he'd be talked about in a different way. He was, as you remember, Danny, one of those guys, one of the only guys, and I think the only guy on that team, who could literally put a team on his back with a hot streak. The one-week stretch in May of 2080 at seven homers in six games. Yeah, he had a lot of streaks. He was a very streaky player. September of 2007, the best September in the history of the Cubs. 14 homers, 27 RBIs. He hit 320 that month. A good reason to be in your seat before the bottom of the first inning because Soriano goes out again on the first pitch for the second straight game. That's his 10th leadoff homer, and we're tied. Bob, sometimes you wonder if the opposing teams hit the record button on the Cubs games after the first batter in the bottom of the first. Uh, they must miss Soriano's first at bat of the game. I, I just, for the life of me, can't understand it. I love it. Man, center field leadoff hitting bombs in September. Um, things got real bad defensively, uh, as we know, left field only. Super cautious. I remember saying that like he, get, he made the wrong jump on every fly ball that was hit to him. It seemed like he went the wrong way every time. And he was super cautious. It looked lazy. We later realized he was being careful because he didn't trust himself. And he very rarely cost his team an extra base. I think defensively it ends up looking and feeling better than it did at the time. He had a great arm, multiple years of double-digit assists because people used to test that arm all the time. Yeah, I mean, I remember it was a big deal that he moved from from center to left. Yep. And, you know, the, the downgrade of the defensive position value, which we've even under, come to understand more in the last 10 years than than, than back then. But, like, it was um, – I he was exciting, man. He was He was a guy who you felt like this is the most talented dude on the team who, like you said, could carry him for a while. Mm -hmm. And the warts for him, like, 
because the Cubs have signed a bigger contract since. They've signed a couple, right? But obviously the Hayward deal. Hayward got the ring, but did not nearly perform up to the level that Soriano did, even if Soriano still underperformed the contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after those two years, like 2009, they faded out of the hunt, and Pinella dropped him down from one to six told everybody it was permanent. He led MLB in outfield errors. Like, it got ugly fast. Cubs stunk for the last four years he was here. Fifth place every year, but he kept playing. He never had a season with under 500 at-bats as a Cub. Yep. Never had a season with under 20 home runs. And his last full year as a Cub in 2012, 32 homers, 180 RBIs, which was third in the National League, only committed one error, had a war of 3.12. And by this time, he had also become known as, like, a trusted good influence on young players. Starlin Castro at the time was the story. He was a mentor to Starlin. He was respected, and he showed up. uh, Dealt back to the Yankees in 2013, and the contract never went away. Danny, I used to joke that because I had just moved near Chinatown, and I used to joke that I was going to go to every dim sum place in Chinatown by the end of Alfonso Soriano's contract, (laughs) Okay, and I was going to bring him with me to the last time, and I never got to see that through. But bottom line, he was fun to watch, as you say, at the plate. A long but violent swing that always kind of showed the possibility of power. And when he got going at full speed, a pleasure to watch run. And I've got the five-tool scale I'm going to be using for this um, all along the way. On offense, 1 to 10, I give him a 7. Defense, 1 to 10, I'll give him a 5. Vibes, 1 to 10. I got to give it a six because the contract did cloud the entire experience, even though I can't blame him. You said him. it wasn't his fault. I know, but the laziness was also there. And even though it eventually got better, maybe I should go higher on the vibes. You could argue that. Teammateship. As a teammate, I give him an eight because he took demotions with class. He grew into a respected vet. And memorable moments, I'll give him a seven. Key cog in two playoff teams, even if they were ultimately disappointing. Total of 33. He reaches number 30. To start my top 30, my 30 favorite ball players in Chicago these last 30 seasons. Congratulations. He used to do that little jump right before he caught the ball. Yeah, uh, extra like, jump. Yeah, the little, it's just like, I was always think about line from Major League. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever bleep and do it again. <laughs> and then he did it every time. Every single time. And then uh, Texter pointed out he would s- swing that tree trunk of a bat. I just looked oh. it up. 33 and a half ounce bat. Maybe you should have reduced that a little bit. Yeah. A little lighter bat. Yeah, maybe Probably. Don't, don't strike out as much. I mean, he didn't walk. He he was not a complete player, and he didn't really progress as an offensive player. But when he was good, he was real good. And overall, uh, I think the character and the teammateship was higher than we thought and felt at the time. 445 every day. Speaks counts down his 30 favorite Chicago baseball players of his last 30 years in Chicago leading up to opening day. Tanny's open, crushes us for a bad obit, and then... Fun Justin Fields, a relaxed, fun Justin Fields in a way you've maybe never heard him. Next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.